Welcome back to The Elephant in the Room with Bishop Michael Bellamy. During last week's episode, we began asking critical questions on how do we effectively witness to sinners? How do we win non-apostolic believers and reclaim the backsliders? In today's episode, we'll pick up where we left off. Brother uh, Tyrone, I want to ask you the the question uh, that we left off on. Do you think that we are too judgmental or maybe too harsh with those who are the unchurched or who are unsaved? Well, that's a good question. Um, In my opinion, my opinion, I do believe you do have to be wise when you're dealing with people. I believe that if you really want to win someone, you have to be two words, consistent and selfless. If you're trying to win someone, you can't consistently point out their flaws, their flaws, their flaws. You do this wrong. You need to do this. Some people would take time for them to get over things. And if we're consistently judging them, that can further push them away. I do believe some congregations are judgmental and some are not. But if we want to win people, we must be consistent and we must be selfless because we were all there before. We were all there at a point where we needed somebody to be selfless. We needed somebody to be consistent with us for us to get to where we need to be. We didn't just wake up holy. We had to become and and progress to that. So being judgmental um, is not the way to go. There is times where you have to be firm with people. But no matter what they do, some people in this world just need to know that you're there. I have someone to count on, and that's what God is for us. No matter what we do, sometimes we mess up, we make mistakes. But no matter what, we can look up and say, God, I need you. I need help. I need strength. I messed up. And that's what people need on this earth. They need a physical person to say, hey, I messed up. I did this. And they need comfort. They may need a hug. They don't need to say, oh, you're. They don't need you to say, oh, you're going to hell now or you need to do this better. They need a hug after they uh, admitted that they messed up because nine times out of 10 people beat themselves up and we don't need to come and just step on them while they're down. We need to lift them up. And then when they're up, show them a better way. Pastor Corey, I want to quickly say that the world has a skewed view of judgment. If a policeman pulls you over and gives you a ticket, writes a ticket for you, the policeman is giving you a ticket based off of an observed behavior. The policeman is not the judge. It goes through the court system. The judge will hear the case perhaps, or jury will hear the case and a verdict will be rendered. The same thing applies to the church. We share with individuals in a loving, kind way what God expects of mankind. And people are quick to say, don't judge me. We're not judging. We're sharing a behavior that has been observed But ultimately, God will be the judge. I I really want to dig a little bit deeper into this. 
um, because we've observed some things in our apostolic culture and we have some, some habits, I would call them. And I would really like to dig a little further with this, but our time is really getting away from us. And there are some other things that, that I want to cover. So we may have to, to revisit this sometime in the future, producers. We may need to come back to this. Juanita, you mentioned about you were saved at, at I think you said, 14 years old. And you strayed away, but you were still tethered to the Holy Spirit. There are many people out there who are backsliders. They were raised in the church and some are really out there. Is there hope for that backslider? Definitely so. As long as, you know, they haven't seen a sinner to death, there is always Mm -hmm. hope, always Mm -hmm. hope. Um, And I think I always feel like the prodigal daughter, (laughs) you know, and so just really recognizing who you are and that God still loves you is the most important thing. Um, Watching people come back to church. Mm -hmm. What I have seen is that a lot of people that were, you know, quote unquote backsliders or whatever, a lot of times they don't stay because they feel people are judging them or people are still, you know, holding over their head, some things that said. So a lot of times you have to get past yourself first. If you're okay. in that, you have to get past yourself. You have to uh, recognize that God has forgiven you. As long as God has forgiven you, it doesn't matter what man has to say. Um, and so for me, um, I'm sure real quickly, I was pregnant when I came back to the church, but mm-hmm. God had filled me with, you know, I had got back in church before I found out I was pregnant. So mm-hmm. having to tell my parents, you know, I told them, look, mom, dad, I'm I'm back in the church. And then a month later, I find out I'm pregnant. And I'm like, <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but God knew what I was about to go through. And so yep. he rededicated me. And so I had to get over going back to church as a pastor's kid and pregnant. I had to get over that. And what I did was I forgot about what people had to say, because there were people that were happy that I was in that state. They wanted to see me in that fallen state. Um, Even though at that time God had, you know, brought me back home. And so what I did was I just forgave myself and I looked past the embarrassment and I came to church every time the door was open. So they have to first get past themselves, forgive themselves for what has happened. And don't worry about what people might have to say, because if I would have worried what people had to say, I wouldn't be where I am today. Let's, let's talk about that. Um, Forgiving yourself and getting over the embarrassment. There are people, Juanita, who want to come back, but they are too embarrassed mm-hmm. about what they have done. They know, and let's be let's be honest, because this is one of the elephants in the room. Mm-hmm. They know how some church people are. Oh, yeah. You know, and you have the gossipers, you have those who talk. And they don't want to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you, I know you said you did it. How did you deal with the embarrassment? How did you deal? Here's the word. How did you deal with the shame? Mm. Like I said, just really basking in the love of God. I did mm. a lot of fasting, a lot of praying, a lot of reading, 
um, I surrounded myself around spiritual people, people who wanted me to excel, who wanted me to do better. And then I even got to a point where my father, you know, because he was the pastor, he was like, I want you to take over for the, you know, the testimony, become a testimony leader and all of that different stuff. And at first I was like, and this was like two years after I had my daughter, but I was like, ah, I don't know. But the moment I accepted that role, it pushed me into a place where I had to really live holy because I can't be a front singing. I can't be a front, you know, living a raggedy life. And yeah. so I just, you know, had to make make up in my mind that no matter what the faces look like, I'm going to I'm here to worship Jesus. I'm here to, you know, to praise him. And so being put into that role is what helped me grow spiritually, because by that time, you know, I had like I said, I was spending a lot of time in fasting and prayer. But taking on that role really helped me not worry about what nobody had to say, not worry about the shame. Um, and to know that God, you know, restored me and had me here for a reason, had me here for a purpose to be a, a light, a witness and a testimony to others that, yes, things happened in my past. But now I'm totally different now. I'm in a new yeah. walk now, a mm-hmm. new way. So getting back into church mm-hmm. and then getting active in yes. ministry in active. That, helped, that helped to strengthen yes. you. So the backsliders should not come back and just sit out. They should no, get in. No, you cannot sit down because you've already spoken in tongues. You're already shouting. No, you need to get active. You need to get into something that's going to really just help keep you grounded in God. And that's what worked for me. That's, that is exactly what helped me. Okay, thank you. Um, um, Elder Jake, what would you say to the backslider who is really struggling? with shame, with the embarrassment, with guilt and regrets, and just can't seem to recover? What would you say to that person? Well, I think I'm going to piggyback off of what just about everybody has said so far is that, you know, there is hope. First of all, there is hope. There is a way to God. And again, like, like it was said, you know, you've been forgiven. God has forgiven you. You gotta, you gotta work on forgiving yourself and, and just love them through that process and be there for them, be the shoulder for them to cry on, be, just be there for them. Because there, there is definitely hope as long as blood is running warm in their veins. And if they have a broken and contrite spirit, there still is hope. God loves you. And that's why he sent his son. Even he didn't specify, and I'm not making a cloak to go do whatever we want to do and, and be able to continue in sin that grace may abound. But as long as we have you know, blood running warm in our veins, there's hope. And we as the church and me as being in the church have to love them, love them forever, but, you know, really show them a lot of compassion through that incredibly difficult time. You know, no matter what it is, you know, people need love. They, they just need, they just need to be loved. That's, that's the bottom line. Lady Latrice, you, a young lady that comes into the, into the ministry there. Um, she's backslidden. Um, it's been rough for her. She's got a lot of guilt, shame, regret. She's angry, low self-esteem, have had some self-destructive and self-sabotaging behaviors, but she wants to be saved. But she don't think that she'll be accepted back uh, into the community of believers. What, What would you say to her? 
and, and everybody knows where she's been and what she's been doing. You know, it, it's out there on social media. What would you say to her? You know, first I want to say that backsliders, they come back with plenty of demons that they have to fight off anyway. Mm -hmm. They come back. So she's already struggling. I don't want to bring any more on her than she already dealing with. So I'm going to show compassion and love. Mm -hmm. Carry with her. I would give her advice on things that will help her, whatever she had dabbled in while she was out there, help her to release those things. She would need counseling, of course. She would need spiritual counseling. She may even need natural uh, mental counseling. But I want to work with her, be there for her. If she needs to call me in the middle of the night, I want to be there for her because, again, she's fighting off those demons that she didn't pick up while she was out there. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take some time to strip those off. Mm -hmm. Mariah, you have a friend. And she wants to renew her walk with the Lord. But she's struggling with with low self-esteem, with shame, with guilt, regret. You're her best friend. What would you say to her? I would definitely recommend that she find a mentor in the church, kind of like what Patrice was saying, that um, having somebody that you can call and just talk to can really help. Um, And I also want to address the fact that it's not just the embarrassment of, like for people my age that I've seen, it's not just the embarrassment of going into the church, but it's also leaving the outside world. You have to deal with that embarrassment as well. So it's not that easy to just pick up and leave and you have all these friends that you can no longer have that relationship with anymore. You got to be hot or cold. Um, But anyways, so I think that trying to find uh, friends within the church and build a community within that could definitely help as far as like having an outlet, somebody to talk to and staying busy so that, you know, you're not caught up and you're not feeling alone during that tough time. Well, you know what? You brought up a dynamic that we never, um, well, that I never really considered, especially for, uh, for this conversation, leaving the, the people that you've socialized with or your friend had such good times with, and then all of a sudden realized that, hey, we can't be friends anymore. We can't, you know, we can't party. We can't, you know, socialize on that level anymore. Uh, that could be very depressing and traumatic. And then having to go into the church, which is a total different culture, and then having to try to find friends to become friends. It's almost, is it, is it correct to say that maybe almost like a culture shock? Definitely so. It's definitely a culture shock. Yes, you, uh, you've had, you know, somewhat of a, a taste of what it was to be in the church, especially if you're a pew baby and so what, but in your adult age or so, it's, it's shocking. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pastor Corey, you have a, a backslider that you're consulting and they're saying, I'm having problems adapting to, to the church. I'm accustomed to my friends hanging out, partying, having a good time. And on Fridays, I'm bored. 
on Saturdays, I have no place to go, nothing to do. And, and a lot of times this is problems for backsliders when they return to the Lord for people who are saved, uh, they get saved. And all of a sudden they're pretty much shut off from all those friends that they had and the lifestyle that they had. It's Friday night, Saturday night. It's their birthday. It's a, it's a graduation party or it's a wedding event. And the thing is that they used to enjoy, they're taught not to do those things. What do you say to that person? The father of the prodigal son was actively looking for him. And when that son came home, he embraced him. He didn't ask, where have you been? What have you been into? He showed him love. When a backslider comes home, we show them love. We have to have a support system that's available for them. If you're an alcoholic, um, if you're, let me say, if you are a recovering alcoholic, if you are a recovering drug addict, there are programs. And in each of those programs, you have a sponsor. You can call that sponsor or sponsors, plural, at any time of the day, any time of the night. They will stop what they're doing and they will come to your rescue. They will talk to you. They will pray with you. They will give you words to strengthen you. The church needs to have the same type of program. I had a young lady to, um, a young lady to let me know, I, I want to come back to church. And I let her know that this is your home and you're welcome here. The, the young lady was totally embarrassed about her past, about her present. And I tried to explain to her that the only thing that matters right now is your future that is your relationship with God. What other people think about you is none of your business. Keep focused, and I and others will be there to support you. Well, you know what? You just presented a challenge for, for our ministry and perhaps for other ministries. So that when backsliders return, or even if it's a person who is having a problem with this, with this culture shock, having a ministry in place that can embrace them and help them to navigate this, this change in lifestyle, this change in behavior, and until they become acclimated to their new culture, the new culture of, of the church, the new culture of, of holiness. Lady Latrice, do you think that the church is doing a good job right now? I think the church can do a better job. Just like every other person, church or unchurch, we get caught up in our daily routine. Yeah. And and we get caught up in our families, our jobs, and we forget about those people who are suffering, who needs us. So um, I think we could do more. Um, and it doesn't always have to be something that is um, planned, you know, um, 
it could be uh, something, you know, okay, call somebody up and say, hey, let's go do such and such. You know, we don't have to have all this formal stuff to come together. Some people don't like it, but, you know, guys coming together, just going out to eat, going, watch a game, something uh, to help bring them together. You know, usually people talk more when they get around food or around sporty food. <laughs> yes, they, <do. laughs> they get comfortable. <laughs> so, you know, you bring those kind of things together to uh, let them engage in with one another. Excellent. A text Let's message. Think- Yes, sir. A text message that's random to say, hey, bruh, I was thinking about you. I hope it goes well. I did that recently, and I didn't know that the young man wasn't at church that Sunday because I was not there. And he immediately responded saying, thank you for thinking about me. Uh, Something came up, but I'll be there next Sunday. Wow. Tyrone, you've been with us now, I think, for about three years. Consistent in your in your attendance and, and fellowship. How well are you adapting to, to the culture? And I know you, you were raised in the church as well, but um, how well are you adapting? Uh, yeah, that's a good question, because when I first got to church, you know, to be honest, it was hard to... Uh, like look myself in the mirror, you know, to be truthful, I kind of hated myself. And I think that's what um, a lot of backsliders go through uh, wow. because you know what's right. So the first thing to adapt, you got to find a way to love yourself again, because you must treat other people, you know, how you want to be treated. And if you don't care much about yourself, you won't treat others. You won't treat others right. So I think first thing people should do is find how to love themselves again, how to forgive themselves. And that's what helped me adapt. Um, I remember the first time, you know, I was in church uh, for quite a while. I was able to look at myself in the mirror and smile. And that's so simple. But uh, for me, that was a big thing. um, Because when I got back to church, I was at such a low point in my life. And uh, one of the scriptures that just always stuck with me was, Psalms 116 was, I was brought low and he helped me. I lived by that because I was at such a low point that I just didn't like myself. I didn't, I kind of hated myself. So just adapting, in order to adapt, you first have to love yourself again. Before anything else, you have to find a way to look in the mirror and just smile at yourself and and say everything will be all right. I think that's the first step that any any backslider or anybody coming back to church should do. When did you start loving yourself again, Tyrone? I would say I was I was seeking God before I came to church for a couple of months. So when I just was being consistent in prayer and reading and I began to fast. So a couple of months in, I would say maybe about four or five months if I had to estimate. I don't know exactly. But um, yeah, it took a while um, because as I opened up the book, I seen all the foolish things that I did and it just wasn't right. And that just that just hurt me to my core and knowing the kind of life I lived and things like that. So it took a while to, to truly love myself again. But um, one thing I will say is God was always there. And as I look back in my life, I can see how he was always there and ordered my steps, even though 
I didn't care much about myself. He cared for me. And that's just what people have to remember that no matter what other people say, God cares for you. So you should love yourself because God loves you. And I just think that's the most important step is to find a way to love yourself. Juanita, did you have, did you have um, a same experience? Did you have a problem with, with loving yourself? Yeah, I, I think I did in the, um, initially. Mm-hmm. Just um, loving what God saw for me was like, how can you love me? <laughs> yeah. You know, when I, when I did this to you, once I got through there, I think it took me like, honestly speaking, it took me like two years to really get to a place where I felt good, you know, about myself again and happy with where I was in God. It took me about two years. So yeah. this struggle, this challenge. struggle is real. This struggle, oh, it's, is, the struggle is real. It's very real. Um, I think Sister Latrice talked a little bit about it when she said, mm-hmm. you know, when we come back, we have things that we have to deal with, mm-hmm. you know, um, whether it's a demonic spirit or it's, you know, ties to something or someone. Um, and for me, you know, just letting go of that past, letting go of my daughter's father, who I really loved, but mm-hmm. I had to let. <laughs> Because he didn't mm-hmm. want to be saved. And so mm-hmm. letting those people, you know, really letting those situations go and just really changing to become that new creature. It took me, I'll say about two good years till I was like, okay, God, we got this. <laughs> we got <laughs> this. You're, you're, you're okay now? <laughs> yeah, my confidence, my confidence was, you know, rebuilt. And so with that, you know. Not saying every day has been easy since then, but God has been so faithful. Um, yeah. And if you have that desire to be kept, God will keep you. He will bless you with the support that you need. Um, at the time I came back, a lot of other young people were just coming back home from college or from some some situation. They were coming back. So it was about, I'll say about maybe seven or eight of us that came back around the same time. And so we really just rallied around each other. Anytime there was a church trip, we went. <laughs> Anytime mm-hmm. there was something going on, we just really supported each other. And so that's that was, you know, was helpful to me. Hey, Bishop, if I'm if I can say piggyback off that a little. Sure, go right ahead. Just how she said it took her about two years to kind of really find herself again. To love yourself, I believe, is just an active thing. Um, it's it, you have to be actively trying to love yourself. Um, I remember I struggled uh, with speaking to myself politely, uh, which is so simple. You know, the way you speak to yourself, everyone has that voice in their head, uh, how you speak to yourself. I think you should speak to yourself politely. Like, you know, I have this thing now where just being transparent, I won't call myself stupid. And if I do on accident, I'll apologize to myself because before I would. I, I, I just thought some of the decisions I made th- that made my life end up the way it was, was stupid. And I would just call myself, you know, different names. And um, so now, you know, getting to the church and finding people that love you helped me love myself. So it's an active thing to continue to love yourself. I won't speak to myself that way anymore. And if I do, I'll apologize to myself, no matter, that sounds weird, but that's just some of the things people deal with coming yeah. to church, you know, and that's just something that I deal with. And it's still an active battle, which it's, it's a good battle, but, but it's something that I have to actively do. You know, I am, I am really hearing the sensing the importance of showing 
unconditional love to the church, to the unchurched, to backsliders, because we never know where people are in their head, in their heart, in their experiences, and we all need healing in some area of our lives. Producers, we're just about out of time, but I just want to take a few minutes to talk about something that a lot of people talk about, and that is church hurt. Pastor Maurice, what would you say to someone who says, I have church hurt, and I don't know if I want to return to church or stay in church? I guess being someone that experienced the quintessential quote-unquote church hurt, you have to watch. I would encourage them to watch and see if things are different. I would encourage them to not believe that everybody operates with the same motives or with the same mentality. And, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of hurt. I don't I don't equip it to church hurt. I believe it's people that hurt people and they be in key positions in church and they just roll it all up. And even, you know, I was talking with um, a friend from a group that I used to be a part of and we were reminiscing and how, you know, our pastors and bishops, they were hard. They were, they were, um, for lack of a better word, dogmatic and Mm -hmm. they pointed out sin and they didn't mix words and they didn't have, I don't want to say a loving bone, but they didn't play concerning it. If you was walking in error, you got told you was walking in error. If you were walking unseemly, you got sat down or put out or sat down and put out. And it destroyed a lot of people because, you know, we all falter and we all make mistakes and we need more compassion. And and I think, you know, a couple of questions ago, I was thinking that, um, you know, it's putting ourselves in the place of that individual. And that's what he said in Galatians, you know, that we can restore someone, but we have to consider our own self because we can be in that same position. So when you get a mindset that um, you'll never do that or you're above doing that and then that's how your persona is, you, you hurt people that did do that or whatever the case is. So I would encourage them to watch and let a church, you know, air quotes, love on you and hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Everybody's not the same. I find that out every day in my interactions in the body of Christ. Did everybody doesn't mind the same things? Everybody doesn't feel the same way about certain parts of the word. And there's a differ of opinion in a lot of things. But, you know, everybody's not hard. Some some will love you through your sin and help you get back where you're supposed to be and take time. You know, I was uh, thinking about the story of the 99. He's like, he had 99 and he lost one, but he left the 99 in search of that one. There's many of churches like that. Did the pastors or the bishops have that compassion? They're like Jude having some having compassion that will pull you out the fire when you slipped or when you faltered or when you've gone astray. So everybody ain't hurting people out here. I will put a, a plug out for a place that I know don't hurt people, <laughs> but, <laughs> but they're out there. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to be alone. 
you don't have to be separate to yeah. keep you from getting hurt. There's mm-hmm. people out there that will love on you with the love of God mm-hmm. and you will be loved and you will feel loved. Um, so, you know, people hurt people and churches take the rap for it. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Uh, Elder Jake, we're going to prepare to close out in the, in your final words. What would you say to the person who said they're experiencing church hurt? A lot of what Pastor Clanton said, you know, and, and I hate to sound like a broken record, but it comes back to love and focused on, because again, he said people hurt people, but another th- person has said hurt people hurt people. And it's a lot of times it's the people that have already been hurt that have end up hurt, hurting people. And we also got to re- remember back to the scripture that we were wounded in the house of our friend. A lot of times we do get hurt in the church and it's a, it's a, it's a trick of the enemy to try to keep our mind and our focus off the man, Christ Jesus, and, and not setting our affections on things above. But the bottom line is, you know, we got to love them. Try to, you know, try to focus on, on the people that do love you and the people that didn't hurt you. And just try to focus again on why is it that you came to church in the first place? It's going to take not just saying this, but, but a little rehabilitation through love and just be again, being there. It all comes back to love. God is love. Yeah. And greater love had no man than this. And he laid down his life for his friend. So the whole thing is pattern after love. So if we'd walk in love, first of all, we wouldn't have this issue, but we do have issues because we are human. We are flesh hurt people, hurt people. So yeah, just love them, love them, be there for them. You know, the body of Christ could do a lot if we just love on one another and, and, and mind those things of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Lady Latrice. I agree with both gentlemen and we have to show love. People who say that they have been hurt by the church, really some, a lot of them are hurt because they didn't get what they wanted. Mm-hmm. And that church hurt, and that's not church hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, they are in their feelings, and they just want to get what what they desire. And another thing too, if some people use that church hurt as an excuse to leave a place, and it's not always the place that they're going to is not the best place that they need to be where they are currently. Is where they need to be because you have to go through something to get to where you want to go as far as in Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, it's our brothers and sisters that make us. Yeah. Pastor Corey, you don't have the final word. Yes, sir. I'm a pew baby. I'm 54 years old now. Uh, I have post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD (laughs) associated with uh, people who have been associated with the church. And the thing that has helped me throughout the years is understanding that God's love is greater than those affiliated with the church who hurt me. Wow. Well, friends, that's all the time that we have for this episode. So much more that we could say. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode and we certainly appreciate Associate Pastor Corey Lyndon Bellamy Sr., Lady Latrice Wallace Bellamy, Elder Maurice Clanton, Elder Jake Winslow, Minister Juanita Jackson, Brother 
Tyrone Neal and Sister Bellamy, who are all producers, for being with us on today. Be safe, stay healthy, God bless.